Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. Would definitely be our, our time. Uh, but we do that today with a very interesting and lovely couple uh, that we know. Johnny himself has been on one saying, you know, I really want this particular family to come on <laughs> on, on the show. So Donnie just came on with a whole list of questions. And we were like, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think this will probably be too much to stuff in uh, 45 minutes to an hour. But uh, we, will, we will be sure to, uh, to ensure that we uh, ask all of your questions. And obviously, for those of you who have been demanding and asking, so also uh, do share the questions uh, if you are on YouTube, on Facebook. Uh, but without further ado, uh, this is a noted family who is, uh, let's say, e experiencing quite the celebrity life uh, through, yes, their channel, <laughs> through their channel on Facebook as they uh, returned to Ghana, didn't just return to Ghana, but as a young, lovely couple decided to share the highlights of their returning journey with the world. So I think it's about every week or quite often as they can, uh, you get to have a peek in their life on how it is to uh, return to the motherland. I know um, the the lady of this um, uh, a couple uh, years ago, she became second, I think it was second on uh, the first ever Miss Ghana Netherlands. And uh, since then, I've been keeping an eye on her. She was, I think then also kind of talking about cultural differences and some of the things that you know uh, she was running into. So I think even back then it was on her mind to <laughs> return, but we will talk about that. Um, they are, uh, they go by the name of the Achampong family. We have them here waiting for us. So let us just welcome her, uh, them to uh, come on board. Uh, let's Round see. Hello there. <laughs> Hello. Hello, good evening. Thank you for having us. Good evening. Thank you for making time for us. I mean, uh, listen, you you are you are somewhat like the celebrity family, so I was like, oops, I no. hope they have some time. <laughs> <laughs> How was your Sunday? Oh, good. Right. We've been to the beach, so we just came back and uh, showered and then got ready. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you can definitely see some sort of. Uh, I don't know if it's a beach glow, but oh, that's, that's the Ghana glow. Ghana glow. <laughs> yeah, I can I can definitely say it's been uh, it's been really on you and you. You look good and glowing and healthy. That's really what it's uh, <laughs> what it's about. So, how have you been uh, this far? I mean, twenty uh, twenty lockdown ish. Ghana has been sort of lockdown ish. Um, how has it been? for you in terms of that? Well, I think we've, we've, we've been very blessed to be here. Like every day we wake up here, I feel like we are blessed to be in this uh, part of the world. And I'm very happy with the decision that we made. Mm -hmm. It was a, a little difficult when the kids weren't going to school. We had them at home for over 10 months. So that was a very challenging time. But uh, now that school has started, <laughs> We're very happy. <laughs> you, you still get to have some uh, bit of your life. Yes. Yeah. We're getting it back now. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So just been adjusting and then 
now things are gradually going back to normal, or at least that's what I hear from people that we know in, in Ghana. Yes, yes. Good news. Well, I think, um, so for Anna, we know you as being sort of the front runner, especially on social media, uh, via Champung family. Um, could, could you tell us a bit, you know, in your words, who you are, and of course your, uh, your hubby, because uh, people know him, but they uh, they hear you a lot. That's really what. what <laughs> I can talk a lot. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm thirty years old. Um, this is Kevin Achampong, and we've been together for over ten years. Ten years yeah. Yes, we have two kids, and yeah, one and a half years ago, we decided to come to Ghana and document that move because we felt like um, people have a very biased picture of Africa and uh, Ghana. And there was something I didn't like. So basically we started a YouTube channel showing our friends and family who were like, just, just follow my YouTube. And it was just for us and to update the people around us. And then that grew into, uh, something bigger and inspiring lots of people we don't even know. So yeah, we're uh, we're still working hard on that and trying to show as much as possible from uh, daily life in Ghana. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. Um, I think the world loves it too because that just shows because um, your YouTube channel is like on fire. <laughs> That's, what <we> <laughs> That's what we can definitely uh, say. Did you did you even um, just you know did you expect that to like grow in a way that it has now, where people really come to your channel in in to for knowledge actually? Not at all. We just thought that basically the, the first videos we made were just like, hi, mom, we're here now. So we don't have to upload 10 or 20 relatives. So it was just a tool to make it more easy for everyone to show what we're doing. And then, yeah, I think when COVID hit, that's when. That's when our minds changed about what we're doing. Yeah. And basically we started doing more and started also thinking about, uh, we already thought about the content we're bringing up, but it just hit us more because, well, we had a lot of time at that moment staying in the house, being on lockdown. Yeah. So you start being creative and think about what you're really, what you're really doing, what's your message and uh, who we're trying to reach. Yeah. And a lot of people reaching out to us saying that, how do we do what you do? And can you just come and live in Ghana? And so many questions that we thought, okay, maybe we have to take it a little more serious. Yeah. Yeah. So if I understand it correct, the COVID uh, experience actually boosted your time and dedication to the channel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. While COVID is really negative, it has also a positive effect on a lot of people uh, and also on us. Um, it inspired us to do something different <laughs> and uh, continue the, um, our, our quest story. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That, that's, that's good. So creating opportunities for yourself as well. That's what I think is cool to, to find yeah. out. Um, I'm sure you've shared this story like many times on your channel. People have been interviewing you uh, and all of that. But could you share with us a bit of, of your life before Ghana? It was Amsterdam, I think. Both of you come from Amsterdam, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yes. How, yeah. how was life then? How did it look like your day-to-day, -day, your job, family-wise and things? Okay. Well, um, basically, um, it was 
at the beginning, just us as a couple and uh, being in a relationship for like almost two, two, three years. And we had the urge to create a family and we started um, working on that. Um, started to try to rent a house, which was impossible at the moment. Bought a house uh, in another uh, city, Saint-Dom. And from there on, created life. We got Sophie Jane. And I was working, Anna was going to school. Yeah. And we tried to just make the best out of it, which was working uh, very good. Um, but you, you start running into like a fast life. And um, at a certain moment, we wanted more in our life. So we created Maika. <laughs> well, it didn't go like that. <laughs> well, when Maika came, it was like, uh, it was really an impact. It was a surprise. It was a surprise, but... Okay. <laughs> was it? Oh, it's a pleasant it surprise. A, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't finished with my studies yet, mm. but he was very welcome, nevertheless. But when Micah came, it was a little more difficult because I was basically, uh, the, the way we divided our life was that Kevin was the man of the finances and working, and I was able to go to school and take care of Sophie Jane. Those, those, that was how we separated it. But then when Micah came, it got a little too much for me, like going to school, taking care of two kids, household, and then Kevin be working all the time. So I would say that I, I, I was getting a little frustrated to be at home in the house with the kids 24-7 and then basically raising them by myself. And he would come in the evenings, uh, tired from work and then uh, traffic or whatever happened. And I was like, is, is this the life that I want? Is this the yeah. life that I want? to live for another 10 20 years and i was just like i don't know if i can do this so i was thinking about other opportunities but there was nobody around us or that i heard of that would ever go and take their life to a whole new country or continent so the thought was there but i wasn't really thinking about it like a real opportunity and then i think when we finished building the house we were so tired like uh, we did a, a, how do you call that? New balconing. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Like entirely uh, new, new purchase home. Yeah, and you have to make so many decisions and choices. And that was like another layer of work we had to do. And I think we were just both a little burned up about making so much decisions and going through all that. Yeah. We decided, let's just take a year off and then go and live in Ghana for a year because... Yeah, our fathers are from Ghana. We wanted to know the continent better. And we thought, that's doable. If we just do a year and we come back, that's very reasonable. People take sabbaticals. Mm -hmm. So that's initially the first uh, step that we took. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't like you guys were moving moving over fully. It was, oh, let's, no. take a, let's have a sabbatical and then yes. just go in and, and, you know, test the waters a bit. Yes, oh, wow. yes. I, I, like, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. We were like basically <laughs> nine to five life in Europe for a bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And trying to discover yeah. more about our heritage, more about yes. our culture, which we didn't really got throughout our fathers. Um, and they maybe try their best in their way, but we feel like um, we want to give our children the best if possible. Yeah. And to give the best, you can get it where you are in your own environment, with books, with people around you, with lectures and everything. Uh, but we felt like um, the best experience for them is to go back to where we originally came from. 
and um, right. them witnessing everything, them learning everything, and just being around everybody is the best impact they can have in their life. And I hope, I really sincerely hope that one day in, in, in the future, they could look back and think, yeah, that's a good decision because How I, would, I wish I had that experience when I was young. <laughs> because you both are what they call biracial, right? Yes. So, and it's Dutch and Ghanaian, both of you. Yes. And both of and us are, is it? are Dutch mothers. Oh, man. But then why, where does this, because it started with you, uh, um, Anna, that you you had this urge or thought of, um, I have to see Africa or, like, I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's something from within, but someone or some way of, or another, you found, this interest in your heritage or your well, identity is it an uncle or something or you know no, I used where to come does to something i hmm? used to come to ghana all the time so i knew ghana as a child and i just love being there that experience made me always very humble like um i would be in my auntie's house or yeah I will learn so much from that summer vacation. Like I'll come back and I'll be so blessed to have just running water. I'll be very, very nice to my mom and respectful. And I think right. after like two or three months, you go back to your normal life and forget all about it. And then when the summer vacation comes again, you learn that experience again and again and again. So I think when I when I was growing up, I didn't really understand the value of, of having those, those um, experiences. But when I was uh, an adult, I really started thinking, well, like, whoa, that's, these are values I also want to instill, instill in my children. But then European life is so fast and easy. And like, sometimes I, was, I, I would think by myself, like, we will go to the store with Sophie Jane and I will buy something in action for her. And then she will ask, oh, can I have this as well? And I would just buy it. And I would think by myself, well, wait. Is it really good to just keep buying all the stuff for your kids? But if you have the money and they ask for it, sometimes you don't think about it. So I was thinking of another way to let them experience a different type of lifestyle. And then the thought of Ghana came. But a big, um, a big part in uh, uh, a big part in that role was the year of return and the fact that the president said people need to come back to Ghana. Yeah. Right. Because was was that was that the same year you you guys moved? Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. So we saw all the festivals and all the things planned of year return. So initially we wanted to be there from the start, but mm. because the house was not done yet, I think we 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 got to be here like half of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was August that we came. August. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we missed out some things, but in the same. Uh, at the same time, we try to do the things that we miss by ourselves. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the, the festivities started at like early January, 2019. Yeah. yeah. And that made me think that, okay, maybe it's really possible because I didn't even know that you could stay a year in a country, but since the president said that's okay, let's just try it. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Love that. I guess it will be, it will be a fun surprise for the, for the president to to know that is one of his policies that he pushed through uh, during his first term of a presidency led to the arrival of the Achampong family. That would be the transformation. <laughs> Have you guys met him already? No, no I don't think no, the president no. knows about us. Of course not. <laughs> no, 
No. Not yet. I think he inspired a lot of people, but we're not there yet. Yeah. I'm waiting for my invitation. I really want to see them now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's speak it into existence. You know, you, yeah. never, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. So what what once arriving in Ghana, of course you packed your stuff and things like where did you start? Was it like, okay, we're gonna stay at our uncle's place or you know, and like with job wise, um, what did you decide to do and how to leave the house? Did you rent it or how how, how did that look? So initially uh we started out uh, a couple months before we left um even longer before that trying to figure out where we're going to stay and uh good friend, friends of us have a house here uh which they don't use unless they're in uh, vacation or in ghana um so there's a possibility for us to rent that place for a bit um so after working everything out that's the place where we started out um unfortunately things weren't as what we expected or what we thought it would be um, so that gave us at the beginning, uh, start point of our journey in Ghana, a lot of stress, uh, cause at the same moment we were looking for a school for the kids because they were required to be registered at a school in Ghana before a certain period, uh, due to the Dutch government. Uh, so there was a lot of stress in the beginning, figuring out, um, where we're going to relocate and uh, when we're relocating. Also, the school needs to be close by because that's something of a big factor in Ghana, traffic, school and uh, the location of your house. So that's how it really um, uh, started out at the beginning. Um, and job wise, well, I basically I quit my job uh, to make this possible. Um, <laughs> For the first, like, we, we didn't think about staying here. It wasn't mm. in our thought at all. We just finished building a house. So our thought was we're going to stay there for like 10 months or a year and then come back and mm -hmm. then be in our new house. So we didn't mm. even think of staying. And um, we, 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 we saved for it to be here. So we saved to be here for a year. We budgeted for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So some good, good planning needed. Yes. Before you actually take that step. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You it's not like that. just saying, "Oh, um, let's go tomorrow and uh, yeah. come here and figure everything out." Well, you run. <laughs> you run back. Yeah. <laughs> but I. But I. What was the? See, uh... Uh, yeah. yeah. I do see the uh, just just do it type of action because a lot of returnees that I talked to, they were like. Okay, of course you have to calculate your budget, you know, but if you're gonna wait too long and be hesitant, you'll probably not go. True. Oh, that's true. true. That's true. very true. I, I really believe in just doing it instead of um, having too many thoughts. I mean, you can structure everything, you can plan everything as much as you want, but at a certain moment you need to take action. And by taking action, you're taking a risk, you're going into maybe a bit of an uncomfortable situation because you're you you're used to your cozy life and your cozy situation but the moment you take a risk is the moment you're going to you're going to grow as a person and i believe really in in that perspective and i think anna also yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be here in ghana yeah. <laughs> so yeah you just need to take a, a chance opportunity in life to to do things <laughs> Donnie, I thought 
the, the, I thought now you're going to drop your question, Donnie. <laughs> well, yeah, I have so many questions. And it's it, everything they say, you can have a follow-up question to it. But then I'm afraid we won't get to cover um, the, the entire experience. So I'll reserve some questions for another, another meeting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the interesting we discovered uh, from your story is that you said Ghana saved your relationship. Um, could you share with us how that how that happened? I was really um, frustrated about the nine to five lifestyle, and yes. so my day was waking the kids up. Kevin would already be gone to work, um, dressing them, taking them to school, uh, rushing yeah. home. Uh, doing some little cleaning, trying to do some work for school, then going yeah. pick up Sophie from uh, school, bringing her to gymnastics, going to rush to the uh, supermarket, trying to find something to cook, rushing home, either cook and then going pick up Micah from daycare, rushing home again, trying to put them, uh, have dinner, put them to bed, and then Kevin will be there. And he'll be like, oh yeah, how was your day? And I'm like, <laughs> how was my day you weren't there right so it was, right. it was too much for me I just couldn't handle it anymore and I was like yeah. is this the life I mean yeah. is this what is life rushing up and down each and every day and then yeah. I, I would also think that Kevin yeah I'm not saying you yeah did you like your job you my last job <laughs> yeah. well that's a question I get a lot <laughs> look the work itself was good the work itself was good it was just I was working with some people who are like, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. It's I've never met people like that. And not all of them, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes things happen. And it happened to me um, and other people. But um, yeah, sometimes you get to work with people who are on a, another level, not on a normal level, not on an intellectual level. And yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to perform. Well, well, you know that you can perform very well, and you also perform very well. People are trying to get you down for the stupidest reason because they're so insecure in life and so immature. So, yeah. It was frustrating yeah. for a lot of people. So yeah. he will also come home frustrated. I will be home frustrated. The kids, you know, that, that has effect on the kids as well. And I was just thinking that yeah. this can't be life, you know. Of course, weekends were nice, and you get to do so many fun things in the Netherlands that we sometimes do miss now. Mm -hmm. But... We are so much more together here. There is so much more that you take out of the day and just being, waking up to the sun that does something to you. I think black people need vitamin D way more than is, is given to us in the Netherlands. So yeah, it, I have a I different do. feeling of waking up in, in, in life here. And then just being able to, to go to the beach or yeah, I, don't know. I, I can't really explain the happiness that 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 is is instilled in you once you're here. It's a very different way of life, right? And and this happiness is also shared by Kevin and your kids um, now, right? Yes, yes. yeah, I think yeah. so. I think I think the the fact that um, to me a lot of things are as an, are like uh, an adventure, especially exploring uh, Ghana. That opens and unlocks something else for me. I mean, in Holland and, and in other countries, I really like to explore, but in Ghana, it, it, it's, it feels so different. Um, it feels that it, it brings me so much joy, so much knowledge, and um, especially um, 
a lot of reflection moments like, oh, okay, I understand why I react in situations uh, the way I do because of certain uh, aspects I've learned here in, in Ghana or being with my family. Um, and that's some, something I didn't really have the chance or opportunity to do earlier in life or on a later uh, part in my life. So at this moment, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really like getting to know more about myself. And yeah, that's, that's something I really like. Uh, and You're love really turning into it. a family man as well. I mean, I mean I yeah, to. but the thing is, um, no, the thing, the thing is being, being always on, on work, uh, a nine to five job or making even uh, more hours, you're, you're, you're mainly full-time away from your family. So you get to have like a small portion of time to spend with them. Either in the night, um, mm -hmm. between seven, uh, uh, well, seven to nine even. That's yeah. that's like no, the kids sleep like like seven thirty eight. So yeah. there was like every day like half an hour, an hour, and that's not enough. Um, and then in the weekends all the time. But then there's also other things you need to do. So looking back on that situation, it gets frustrated at the moment that you want to do more, but you're not able to. And then you start thinking about how you've been brought up and then the things you really miss and things you really liked. And those things really affected my decision in, in, in coming to Ghana and thinking that, okay, well, this is something that's it's going to change me as a man. It's going to change me as a, as a father to my kids and um, as a husband to uh, Anna. Yeah. yeah. So then, and, and then, so this changed you personally but in what way do you hope it will change or help develop your your children um mm -hmm. contrary to them being raised up in the netherlands i i feel like um of a, a hope that um they can really see the difference between the two countries um, um that they really understand what it is to be Ghanaian, what it is to be uh, uh, Dutch, but see the difference in life and especially in how they interact with people. Um, the moment you, you are here with um, similar people or people um, from, the, from your same background and you're not used to that in the Netherlands, it will change you. Like I've seen it with my daughter and how she interacts with other children, uh, which was very different in Holland. Um, she was really looking up to children in a different way than she's looking up here to them. Um, although in the beginning she even, she couldn't talk and speak and communicate with them because she didn't know how to speak English. But still seeing her changing and seeing how she glows from it, that's something that um, I hope during the studies and everything that it manifests in something bigger for her and she really finds her place uh, in the world uh, eventually. I don't want her to be like in search of uh, something that's, that she doesn't know where it is. Well, she's now here. So now she knows where it is. So later on, wherever she goes, either any country except for Ghana or, 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 or Holland, she knows where the where the base is, where home is. She knows now knows it from as well as Ghana, as well as Holland. 
I, I, I was going to skip this question, but now you actually touch on it. It's uh, it resembles the identity issue that um, from from uh, let's say testimonies and also research, um, a lot of mixed race do have, um, especially if you have African and then half European grow. Um, living in the European country and raised by your European side, there's always this feeling of, um, Anna said it in one interview, that not belonging. On the one hand, you don't belong to the Europeans, and then on the other hand, you don't be belong to the Africans here in Europe. But then, yeah. from her mouth, um, being in Africa was totally different. You get accepted. Can you please you know, touch on this issue a bit more? I I really, I really, I really think that's true. I mean, um, you always feel like, especially when you grow up in, in, in Holland, you feel like I'm not totally accepted by these people. I'm not totally accepted by other people. While coming to Ghana, and I think also in other uh, African countries, you'll be accepted. Mm -hmm. It does a lot. It does a lot to you as a human being. Um, it's good uh, for all the insecurities you maybe had have had in, in the past. It's good to know there's always a place where people really accept you for who you are without even asking you any question, without even knowing where you're from, what you've done, what you've achieved, anything. They just accept you as it is. And that's something that's really, really, really nice and really precious. Yeah. Can you both like, um, can you both agree that the experience is different? Because I always, um, in general, when I talk to, when I speak to people, and I think this was a bit before this wave of returnees and I'm going to, you know, Ghana, this was maybe five years ago, you would have some people that didn't feel like they would fit in if they would return to Ghana because they felt that, oh, if I return, they're going to say, oh, you're a, uh, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're from you know, from, yeah, from the West. So they felt like that rejection was from both sides. But for me, uh, because I had worked in Ghana for, I think it was seven years ago for some months. And I, for some reason, could not compare the two, you know, as to how I feel in Netherlands and how I feel in Ghana with the small rejection for me that I saw. I, I just didn't feel like it was the same in, in, in you know, as in terms of rejection, how do you both look at it? Do you, would you say, okay, I understand how that person would feel. Would you say like, yeah, what you feel in Holland is absolutely not to be compared in, in Ghana. How is your experience with that? Well, um, we, we don't, to, to me, I don't experience any negativity in Ghana, except from people thinking that we got a lot of money. That's like, they see us and they think that, wow, this is like working in camps. <laughs> but everything around here is positive and sometimes uh, so positive that it makes me shy. Like in the Netherlands, I encounter racism on a daily. It is not boldly in your face, but it's sneaky, low-key, undercover racism. And I feel that. I feel that a lot. And in Ghana, it's not there. Like, you can tell somebody when the person asks you, like, oh, where are you from? And then you say, oh, yeah, I'm Ghanaian and Dutch. They're like, wow, happy. There's no question. 
while in the Netherlands, I will always question, yeah, but how how are you Dutch? Like, yeah. okay, mm. it's not that they say that, but they can ask you, like, can you prove the documents? Exactly. <laughs> like, can I see your documents, your papers? Like, and I'll say, oh, I have a Dutch mother. And then they, they will, you see them thinking like, okay, she has a Dutch mother. So, okay, so maybe she is a little Dutch, but she's not really Dutch. And then they say, oh, you speak Dutch so well, how come? And then I'll say, I'm Dutch, you know, I was born and raised in the Netherlands. But they'll still always try and find a way to point that you're not yeah. really Dutch. While here, yeah, it doesn't matter how you look. Even I think a white person can say that that he's Ghanaian if the person speaks tree or any other language and he'll just be yeah. celebrated. Yeah. So that's the difference. People take you, people take you here as you are. Yeah. Um, um, right. Without any judgmental things or anything and uh back in, in holland that's different of course yeah uh, that's not only holland i think also in other european countries um yeah, yeah that's that's but it's it is sometimes also difficult to deal with because sometimes you get like um overpraised just for being mixed race or maybe white which is also very weird yeah. and i don't understand so it's we're still learning how to cope with that but it's, it's not it's never it's never negative no not for us do you, do you guys speak the language no like he or gone no not yet but the kids are learning at this moment and every time they come back home from school we're trying little we're trying little. yeah I was good. It's, it's okay. never too late. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a big uh, issue with us too because I feel like if our dads would just have spoken their language with us, for me it would be Khan and Ewe, and for Kevin that would be Tree. Mm -hmm. It would have made life so much more easy for us here, and even the identity, right? Yeah. Like, if you can speak the language, speak your your language. I don't know, the sense of belonging is way more easy and quicker. And yeah, I think that is something that uh, the generation of our our fathers have really lacked in or really not taken that as serious. And I think that is wrong, very yeah. wrong, especially when you have mixed race children. Yeah. yeah. It's the I, um, yeah, I spoke to, was it some years ago with a psychologist or some some person, doing some research uh, relating to intercultural things. And um, I think he did some research and it proved that most of the time you copy, most of the time, the language that your mother, um, your mother has. Yeah. So for some reason, the dynamic from a father, um, unless it's really like, you know, um, forced or it's really focused on, um, it was less likely that children um, speak the language of their father in a ca in case the father was from a different culture. Okay. Um, so that that piece of information kind of stuck with me, and then I observed uh, in my environment, mixed cultures and things like that, that um, most of the time, but not always, the children would know the language that the mother was speaking thoroughly. And from the dad's side, maybe understand the language or just not nothing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Well, I and believe add on that. I think that's why they call it uh, the mother tongue or the you know the, the mother tongue right. and not right. the father tongue. So I, you know that's where it comes I from. Mid-race uh, half cons who are uh, brought up by a black mom, and by all means, they can cook Ghanaian dishes. They know how to speak the language. They go right. to church. Everything is given through that, and that I feel um, that need to step up. I mean, if you are, um, <laughs> if you make now, that is your um, responsibility your to teach your yeah. culture to that child. It doesn't matter if you're still together with a mom or not. That is uh, a responsibility I feel is is with the dads as well. Yeah, you know the, yeah. the nine to five is keeping the fathers away from yeah. from their children. <laughs> so, but I know they try. We try. Oh. But nowadays we have technology. Nowadays we have apps, so we just yeah. uh, we have now because of COVID, we are so good in remote work. We know how to create things and send it to our app to them. Right. But a language is picked up so quickly by children. I yeah. mean, Sophie and Micah could not speak a word of English when they came to Ghana, and within three months they are fluent. So I I don't believe that. I think that how how, how old are they? They're eight, eight and four. And four. Yeah, I came to the Netherlands. I was born in Ghana and I came to the Netherlands when I was eight years old as well. And mm -hmm. I picked up the language so um, so quickly. And now even you, you, you couldn't tell that I wasn't born in the Netherlands. It's always, I have to tell them at work that, hey, you, you, I'm not born here. So that's why I want to go back and say, you, you're not born here, but your Dutch is so good. I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's... But hey, yeah, the children do pick up language and other mannerism very it's a it's a perfect age actually to to take them on yeah. there, yeah. even if it's for a year that they yeah. can get the most out of it. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I can recommend it to anyone. I can recommend it to anyone. I mean, if there's one drop of blackness in you, I just think you need to visit Africa. I agree. I agree. I, I will support you on that movement. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who just tuned in, uh, welcome to Africa Unfocus. Here is where we share our success stories uh, on high radio, the voice of the next generation. As promised, we have our uh, lovely couple, the Achampongs. Um, they are, let's say, Dutch Ghanaian returnees who would root for everybody to do the same. And uh, <laughs> asked you why they should do that, the ins and outs, uh, everything we are talking uh, about that with them as of today. We are receiving questions already. Thank you. Shout out to Marquette from uh, Marquette from uh, France, who's already shooting questions. I will make sure that in, let's say, five minutes, I'll be sharing the questions that are uh, coming in. And just like we were afraid of, Johnny, like time flies and we're trying to mash all of the questions that were sent in and that we have <laughs> into the last couple of 50 minutes. Um, let me see, let me see. Okay, okay, I, I have the next question. Um, so one thing I really wanted to know from you, um, um, you mentioned some self-reflecting moments that you ran into in Ghana, like some things that you would learn about yourself and, and things like that. I always have that when I go back to the motherland. Mm -hmm. Could you like give us a few uh, examples of some of these self-reflecting moments that you uh, ran into? For me, it is a better understanding of my dad and the way that he does certain things. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, can it can sometimes be funny, but 
Yeah. Growing, up, growing up in the Netherlands with my mom and then my dad coming to take me for the weekend, or sometimes just forgetting about me and not coming, there was a lot of resentment towards him. And he would do type of things like putting his hand out of the car when he's going to another lane. That was, what the F are you doing? I mean, huh? there will be things that he does that I just don't understand. And for him to, like, he's very, like, he wants to eat his African food every single day. And, like, changing a rhythm, you would always think, you would, you would almost think that maybe he's autistic because he doesn't like change at all. But coming here, like I understand him so much better. And there's no real resentment there anymore because I, I see now like, okay, if you're brought up like this, of course you're gonna behave like that. So I can't blame him. I think that is for me the biggest reflection in having a better understanding where my dad comes from and therefore a better understanding for his, for me sometimes crazy and weird ways. Yeah. yeah. For for me, it is more that um, I was I, I always try to communicate with my father um, and try to understand him better, especially um, know his part when before he came to Holland, uh, before I was born, uh, like two years, three years before that, to understand what type of what type of guy was he like? How 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 did he grow up? Who were his friends? What did he used to do? And he really didn't don't like to talk about it and, and anything. So when I came here, when I went to my family in Kumasi, not only this year, but over the past uh, two visits before that, I started to understand more about him. And by understanding more about him, I understand more about myself. Um, seeing how he reacts to things, seeing how he does his things. Um, and hearing, hearing that from, from his brother uh, or from his sister um, helps me to understand just <clears throat> and understand uh, the ways of life here in Ghana, why people make certain decisions. Um, and also, basically, yeah, understanding the resemblance in my family, because if you would see my father, if you would see my mother, you think, this guy, this guy is He's adopted. adopted. <laughs> I'm so really? tall. Um, yeah, really, really, really. But seeing then my family, then you can see the resemblance. Then you find out, okay, maybe it skipped or it, it, it's right. just the, gene, the genes from my grandparents that has flowing very strongly. Uh, especially for my grandmother, very strongly skipped maybe my father came back to me. Those things happen, but before that, I never knew nothing about it. But being here and seeing those things really helps me in discovering myself, helps me understand things, and um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Mm. Okay. Right. Whilst we're on the on the topic of reflections, um, this is a psychological question. Most most of the let's say behavior. Uh, passed, uh, believe it or not, through genes. So even if you grow up in a different, totally different environment than your parents, you will have some behaviors or some characters from the uh, from your biological parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, looking back to yourself, um, uh, we'll start with Anna. What is one thing you would say that, even though I did not understand my father very well, 
I am this way and I'm this way because of my father. Or I do this, um, I do this thing in this manner. And that's exactly how my father used to do it. And that's very like the African way of doing things. And the same question with uh, uh, for, for Kevin as well. Difficult. I, I don't <laughs> know how exactly I act like my dad, but I think um, his work ethic is very high and so is mine. And in Ghana life, you have to hustle. Like there is no backbone to fall onto. There's no social welfare or anything like that. And um, I think there's a bit of similarity that my dad came to Europe for greener pastures and I came back for greener pastures. So maybe that is like a, yeah, we, we, we were both looking for a better life, I guess. Okay. Maybe that's a similarity. Uh, with me, um, what I can really see that has passed on is um, the devotion into uh, accomplishing things, into getting things done. Um, I can see a lot of um, the way he had influence with his people, with his friends, and always wanted to be with them and find ways how to entertain everybody. I can see that back in, in, in myself over the last couple of years. Although it changed a bit uh, uh, in the last several years, but uh, I can see where I got it from. And I can really see where I got my energy from especially since 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 a child like the, the energy i have to do things it's, it's like do yourself batteries it's, it's ongoing it's ongoing <laughs> so I, I can see where i got that from uh, and even from my mom i can see i can see the, the similarities uh, yeah yeah nice interesting interesting right and what about this nine to five uh, life? How is it uh, different in terms of routine, you know, for for here in Ghana where you are now? How does yeah. it, how yeah. do you still work a nine to five or? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it's twenty four seven now. <laughs> no. Is it? I mean, the change. What do you guys do? The change is big. I mean, we're doing YouTube at the moment, um, and we're. Um, on the background, trying to create things uh, which help other people. Um, but at the same time, um, going from a nine to five to completely having all the time in the world, but then starting YouTube and then um, structuring it uh, makes it a bit difficult because you have to balance everything uh, during the day, uh, business-wise, family-wise, partner-wise, um, and also separately wise like we are all both our own people so uh, that's something that was really challenging especially during uh, covid uh, during the lockdown but um, at the same time i like the fact that we have the freedom and the creativity to structure the way we want um, i think when you have worked a nine to five for well in my case since i'm 18 so let's say uh, 15, 15 years almost. Um, I think after that period, it's 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 something that's really opening you up and uh, driving me more to create something that's doable and 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 
very healthy for the family and very healthy for my uh, peace of mind and for my family. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to spend more time. So it's no more. And you can see that Anna is at peace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm, ha I'm having a migraine, so I'm rubbing my head. But yes, definitely um, more, more peaceful and we are more together as a family, which yeah. gives me like, oh, finally, finally I can breathe. Finally, I can take a little bit of a step back. Like Kevin goes on vacation with them alone, which he has never really done in the Netherlands. And then, One time. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. With Micah. With Micah to Senegal. There's so much more like we do it 50 now. We're both parents now. And I think in 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 Europe, there's a system where it's like forced for at least one uh, of the two parents to work all the time, which is not a system that I really agree with or I really think is healthy for kids. And yeah, I, I um, my dream is just to create a better life here where we can just both be the parents that we want to be. You know how I can tell that Anna is very happy because in, in the previous video on YouTube, I saw her do a cartwheel. Um, huh? a with the, with, <laughs> and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> you have to be as happy as ever as an adult to just do a cartwheel <laughs> in your room. <laughs> in your room. So that was... <laughs> well, I was when I was young, so I still got some little tricks left. <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice, nice. But by the way, that was in your uh, in the house that you renting, or have you bought that house? No, no we rented, rented that. Rented. Yeah. And I'm 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 uh, I'm very glad we rented it. Um, look, the house the house was very nice. Um, but at the same time, I still remember that I when we came to Ghana, we just finished our own house. We went through the whole process from beginning to ending and even later on changing things. And even when we were in Ghana, I added some things while we were here on a distance. And I'm so happy and I'm so, um, how do you say that? Not humble, but um, I really appreciate the fact that we rented the house here in Ghana to understand how things work, to understand how things are built and to understand more about what we need to know the moment we start uh, uh, and buying, uh, um, I mean, building a house. Uh, I'm very grateful because I know exactly what I want now. Ghana builds very different. <laughs> it's very different compared to, yeah. to the structure. Of course, it's a different continent, uh, um, weather or the, the, the climate has an impact. Um, but, so many things that can be done uh, in a better way, in a different way. And I've learned that in the former house. What are things people should look out for in, um, let's say, even renting a house when they decide to migrate to, or to move back um, to Ghana? It, it depends. It depends if, if you have a family and you have children to go to school. Um, you really need to look to a place at a place uh, that's close to the school. Uh, due to traffic, um, there are a couple, a lot of agents who, who you can use. There are websites where you can use. Only the thing is, um, things change a lot. Information changes a lot. Things are not available while they've been listed there for a year. Uh, they don't. It, it's not that advanced as like a Fonda from uh, NL, where you can look for a house and then 
it's 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 sold or it's rented out and then by next week you won't find it anymore uh here are things different and i think here in ghana you need to really need to roam around you need to be here uh, be physically. here physically yeah. and see mm-hmm. where you're going to rent because from doing those things from a distance like it's, it's close to it's, impossible yeah no it's not impossible it's possible to do it but the the, the possibility for you to get disappointed you didn't thought about a church being next to your house or <laughs> or a road that's being constructed and <laughs> because the constructions are not going to finish within now and six months there's going to be a lot of dust in, yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah. in your environment which is going to affect well probably yeah. your health probably everything near your house so those things you, you really need to go to places and see it and then make up like a top five and then start into the negotiation about the prices because the price is something else also i mean people always start always here, here. <laughs> but um, you just need to know some things in order to also negotiate in a proper way that it's acceptable for the owner but also for you because in the end it's you that need to budget things you can't go and live somewhere and pay three thousand a month and while you budget maybe for four thousand a month for everything so you have to live from thousands it depends on on your whole situation you really need to think carefully about all those things don't go in the first boat you see i mean let the first talk about maintenance you know if you rent a house here mostly you're gonna pay in advance and then once i'm not saying all landlords but a lot of landlords just take that money and maybe fix the house before you come like paint and all that but once you're there they're like it's not my problem anymore and then you have it's not working leakage of toilets or anything can can happen Mm -hmm. and those are things you need to really and put it in paper so in writing so that you know that okay this person is responsible for this this person is responsible for that yeah I think I think the the thing that helped us is of course our our Western look on things and the Western mentality which helps you a lot here but you also need to understand you're in a different country you're in a different culture you need to respect those things and find a way to merge interact with those you are yeah, merge with those and and get the best out of your situation that's that's really that's something that you really need to consider mm-hmm. yeah thanks so much oh gosh uh mm-hmm. almost rounding up the last uh, question because we have one from uh, from marquette i think anna uh answered that in some way um is the a family <laughs> the a family how many times did you go to ghana before you decided to actually live there I think Anna, for you, it was every summer. How was it for you, uh, Twice, literally twice. I came the first time, uh, 50 years of independence of Ghana. It was my first time to Ghana. Um, I was there only for five days, unfortunately. Um, That's uh, sure. Two, yeah, I was like three weeks in Togo with my family, with my brothers, because um, they're from the first marriage and they're at the Togolese father. Uh, but Troubles with with um, with the embassy and getting my papers done and everything. Everything got delayed, so I had like only five days. Then okay. in 2014, I returned with Anna 
Sophie. and Sophie Jane because um, I was very proud of my daughter I still am but I really wanted to show her to the family and uh, let her see uh, Ghana and also for us to just be here because when I travel I like to be somewhere for a longer time Anna was here like maybe also for a long period but she wasn't really doing things and I'm the person who's always going to places doing things and I really wanted her to experience that also with me. And That's the first time yeah. I really seen Ghana when I came with Kevin <laughs> because my dad would not take me anywhere and I would just be in my auntie's house like all the time. Well, yeah. I was like, let's 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 get the car from her cousin and then go to Roll places around. and see places because really I'm not here to stay in the house. I'm I'm not that person at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Agreed. Good thought. Good thinking there. <laughs> Um, also, uh, another question is uh, one that came from Danny. How was meeting the former president? Uh, uh, um, well, uh, former president Kufo. Yeah, we did not meet him. That was what the Maya. Uh, oh, you didn't meet him? No, no. no. I thought you had. That, that was He's also a YouTuber, but yeah. it wasn't. Right. Right. Well, we're speaking that into existence. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> um, Anna, you became second at the first Miss Ghana Netherlands. Any plans on picking up any career in the public eye, modeling, or any of that? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, YouTube is also in the public eye. So in that case, yes, but not like that anymore. No. How, how about right. going to the, uh, the movie industry in Ghana first? Wow. I <laughs> I know, hey, remember like back in Ghana, um, let's say 15 years ago, you had this light skin um guy also named Kevin, I think. He was okay. like one of the superstars in, in, in Ghanaian wow. movies, and you would see him pop up in in wow. every other movie. So maybe wow. some, you know, <laughs> maybe there's a movie career. I would never see her, but then <laughs> I like to help them pick it up a notch. Like I can't, I don't have the patience to watch a movie for three hours. That is not me. <laughs> so if if they if they can speed the process up and we're not watching somebody grab a drink for five minutes, I can definitely be in the movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 the the things have changed. Things saying, but can you yeah. can you remember still now if you go to YouTube and watch the old Ghanaian movies? Your sound, your speakers from your phone, whatever you use. <laughs> oh, that's still a thing. <laughs> but they, but they trying. Um, they trying. Yeah. I think Nigeria had a, a deal with uh, Netflix on one of their series or something, right? Yeah. So maybe <laughs> this is also something that will happen in Ghana soon. Because I know they are. They are Nigerians, some... they're far. They're really far. We should work a lot with the Nigerians because they're really far okay. with, with uh, in the industry. Yeah, oh. sure. Hey, they don't play. They don't play at all. They don't play <laughs> at all. Um, wow. if you come to the Netherlands, what would be the first Dutch thing that you would grab to eat? Ah, uh, kassoufle. Kassoufle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I would say first Dutch thing to eat. You just go for the cast or anything that you just get in the Netherlands. <laughs> I just think like a broodje cast, a broodje gezond, sorry, broodje gezond. That that will be like very nice. Cheese and getting 
is from 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 Holland or from France here in Ghana is difficult. I, yeah. It's really like a challenge sometimes. Yeah. So I miss it. Right. I miss it from that time. Right. The big chunk of cheese, uh, gouda, or jong belegen. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we've uh, we've reached uh, the end of. Uh, I think this is you know definitely one of the inspiring conversations that we had um, this year. And uh, um, we we would really like to know from you. Like, do you have any last words for people that would like to come to your <laughs> end? Uh, obviously, to uh, return to Ghana. And um, oh yeah, one one thing um, that people also would like to know is there any chance of you guys coming back to the Netherlands? How is that perspective? Definitely, Netherlands is our home. So yeah. I think what our goal is to try and create the best of both worlds. We got a life set in the Netherlands, and we're trying to work to get a life set here. And then hopefully, when COVID and all that mess is over, we can just fly back and forth whenever we wish to. So I think that's the goal that we have. Yeah. yeah. And for people, you know, maybe the, this is a weird thing to say, but I think this is the best time to come and stay here for a longer period because people can work from home at the moment mm. um you know yeah if that feeling is in you you don't wait for it for too long wow. because africa and ghana is changing and it's on the rise i mean the people who are buying land over here is no joke i'm not saying it's going to be finished anytime soon but just come and try and invest in africa and i think you need to live here for six months minimum to really know your ways about and of course you can buy land and build and do whatever you want to do but coming here before you do that will gain you so much more insight in what you're buying where you're buying mm -hmm. what you're building where you're building and all that and i think this is the best time and i, yeah, I feel like people should, should, should take the opportunity um, um if you have thoughts work something out and start with it and just go with it there's you can't make any mistake uh in following what you really are dreaming of or following your heart there's no mistake in, in doing that there could be bumps on the road yes True. but you know how to deal with them once you face them um, um just try it out and especially uh, when it comes to um coming to ghana um also come with something you're going to add to the country to contribute to the country because i think since since ghana ghana is, is a third world country of course developing the nation, developing nation. Well, not world, but it's, it's 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 developing nation but um think about that and think about how you can contribute to it yeah um it's nice if you're coming here but come here also to do something to help um, so much and, value yeah. to be added and especially when you are of um any other descent, like you were born and raised in a, in another way, like people here selling plantain, right? They might not know what else you can do with plantain while there are so many things. Yeah. So if you bring that knowledge from Europe, there is so many business opportunities, like just roaming the street, you will see 20 or 30 things you think of which can create be created into a business. And I think Ghana, can can be one of the leading nations if just more people would be willing to come back and invest yeah 
and keep because behind the scenes we are working very very hard to help all those people who have millions of questions on us but we can't share too much but um we'll be launching something very nice soon in a way to help everybody who has questions on coming to ghana great well we're looking forward to that any last shout out uh, no, thank you very much. What Shout out to everybody who's following us. Uh, yeah, of course. Thank who you very takes much. takes their time to look at our videos, um, comment on them, like them, subscribe to us. It's, it's, it means a lot to us because um, in, in the beginning it was just a fun thing, but it's growing out to be something very big. And um, I'm so, I, I appreciate all the people who really take the time for it. And I hope we grow uh further than we are now and i hope that we still continue to impact people's life and help people in uh, a decision to come to ghana or to come to any other african country or to make a move to another country because by vlogging making videos about our daily life or about special things it helps people um, to, understand. to understand things to do things um, and i'm really thankful for the position we put ourselves into to to achieve that for for others yeah i love that well, shout out to family. your kids thank you yeah shout out to your kids like give them hugs a champion family thanks so much for hanging out with us this uh, past hour and answering all of our demanding questions about Ghana. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we we will keep an eye on you and hopefully when uh, uh, that guy, Donnie, or should I point that back? Donnie <laughs> is, uh, will, be, will be getting to return to Ghana anytime soon anyway. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, <laughs> so we will definitely be, uh, be catching up, hopefully linking up uh, with you. Have a sweet Sunday and a good week. Yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the the president is having uh is having his uh oh, so yeah. speech right now. Oh, so. yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. that. And uh, <laughs> once we come, we will bring some cassoufle on that. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, and uh, have a good week. Bye. Same to you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, Donnie. Here we are. Oh man, it's so cold up here. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm good. <laughs> it's cold. Oh my gosh. I I I it is cold. cold. It is cold, mm. man. Uh that was that was such a good convo. And uh I mean I love it. This this is the type of stories that I, I love to dive into, you know. Me too. And Me too. part of the stories that just change the perspective of uh yeah. our, our continent. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like the I enjoy the conversation a lot because um, we get to understand them as individuals too, which yeah. is very important because many of us um, are there and we'll probably have the same feelings, the same situation. Yeah. Because I've also been working nine to five, and then when I started, and it started with me, it started when I was doing my internship. I was like. Yeah. No, you, you cannot be kidding me that this life is a nine to five, five days a week. So already I was, you know, sh I got shook by uh, how it right. was like. So, right. Yeah. And then, then you know, so we, we have these this different scenarios or positions that we're in. And having the Achampo family come on and also describe 
um, or gave us info about their journey really helps us to not only resonate with them, but also see the possibilities of doing yeah. things differently um, as, a, as an individual. So that, yeah, that was very, really, 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 really very good interview, really cool. It was. I've learned a lot. Yeah, me too. I mm -hmm. co-sign with that. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, as we've reached the end of, uh, of Africa Unfocused, we would like to thank everybody for tuning in. Shout out to Marquette, shout out to men like Gary, Don Alvis, yeah. everybody for engaging uh, in this. I think probably I am, I am so sure that once this podcast come out, it will be one of the most, one of the best listening to so far. The highlight podcast, or the re uh, let's just say the recap of the conversation, had been um, the one we've had with Leroy Nimo. That one is a top mm -hmm. one. Um, the one we've had with uh, Yvette about agriculture, you know, in uh, in in Ghana. The one we've in had Ghana, with Sabine, yeah. Sabine Fonderson, mm -hmm. the doctor, you know, regarding COVID and things. The on and, online doctor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there was also one that we recently did, which was catching up quite good. Oh, yeah, the one with Denta, obviously, is really, uh, is popping. <laughs> yes, sir. So um, yeah. I, I really expect this conversation to be really uh, listened to. Um, make sure that you check out Africa on Focus. You can find us on the YouTube, Facebook and everything. High Radio, of course, as well on all the social media platforms. Donnie stays hidden from any uh, online uh, channel, but you know, maybe we'll bring some changes into that. <laughs> slowly transitioning to, uh, to GH. And uh, of course you can follow me on all your social media channels uh, at Miss Abba. Next week, we are going to come back with some quite interesting and uh, influential yeah, well, we got uh, where we talk about the position of faith in our community um, and, of course, the usual news flash. So uh, that, yes. would be, uh, yeah. that would be it. Sharing our success stories, this is Africa on Focus. We will be wrapping up with the last two. Uh, let's just see uh, uh, King Promise Shatawale with uh, All Right. And we will catch you next Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Abba. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle. <laughs>